What up, world? Welcome all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and the boys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, December 10th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you did not get flexed out of Sunday Night Football. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Wednesday was a very interesting day for the Dallas Cowboys, obviously coming off of the Tuesday night loss on the road against the Baltimore Ravens, the ninth loss of the season for the Cowboys, and then getting the cold, harsh news that the NFL was yanking them off of the most popular television show in America, in NBC Sunday Night Football, for their Week 15 contest against the storied San Francisco 49ers that they have a longtime rivalry with. Uh, instead, it will be the Cleveland Browns visiting the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football next Sunday. Meanwhile, the Cowboys and Niners will play at noon. And that's a really big deal. And I've talked about this in a number of places already. I talked about it on the look ahead that I do on the SB Nation NFL show. That's out today as well. Myself and Rob Stats Guerrera, every Thursday we preview the coming week in the NFL. So if you want, you can go listen to that. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, all major podcast platforms. Uh, leave a rating, you know, write a review if you can. That really helps. Uh, but, um, we talked about that stats as a Niners fan, and this is a really low moment for the Cowboys, and I'm fascinated by this, and so I wanted to talk about it with somebody that I know is equally fascinated by these sorts of things, a great friend of the show who's been on here more times than most, the one and only from NFL Network himself, Bobby Belt, joins us next, right here on The Ocho. Pleased to be joined now by a very special guest, the one, the only, the incredibly handsome, the debonair, internationally famous, you know him from his fantastic work with NFL Network and with trolling you with regards to your greatest insecurities because he will find them. The one, the only, the belt maker himself, Bobby Belt. Robert, how goes it? I'm great. I wonder how many people know that uh, your reference there was to Scrubs about uh, finding the insecurity because I know that was a Scrubs reference. So I actually have been wanting to rewatch Scrubs um, lately. Uh, Bobby and I are really good friends, and he's been kind enough to be on the show a lot. Bobby has a great podcast of his own, The Boys and a Girl podcast that he does with Jane Slater. Um, and, you know, I hopped over there a couple of times, and it's, it's a great operation, actually a world-class operation. But, but Bobby and I are good pals, and so we talk about a lot of things. And I've been meaning to tell you that I want to rewatch Scrubs. It's an off-season goal of mine. I just actually right now don't know what streaming platform it's on. Is it on Hulu? I feel like it's on Hulu. It was. I think it moved, actually. I think it moved to Netflix. So uh, this is a uh, this is not an advertisement. This is nobody that pays me. It's just uh, my favorite app. And so it's the one that I always try and tell people about. And so I'm going to tell you about it. And it's called Real Good. Only real is spelled R-E-E-L. Ah, like and you just, yeah, you just basically, uh, it is on Hulu, according to Real Good, as well as Amazon Prime. Um, and so basically what you do is you input what services you have and then it serves as a master like directory where you can search shows and it'll tell you which of the platforms you have that that show is available on. It's a little, uh, green icon with a little real yeah. like triangle and an R. Yep. That's the one. Look at that. Getting on yeah. my phone right now. Yeah. So basically that's become a, an easier thing than like, uh, if Kristen and I are going to rent a movie on Amazon prime, then I'll go like, well, let's see if it's anywhere free first that we have and it was always a pain to like open like five apps and check Look at and that just, yeah you just hit that up and it tells you if it's on there or not um so it's funny uh that's who bobby is he'll find out anything actually i was tweeting back and forth with jane during the cowboys ravens game the latest point of sadness and depression for all of us um 
I, I had used the GIF of Friends Forever from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, and I, I couldn't find it. Uh, so, so I, 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 Jane, Jane said such a great song or something like that. And I said, I've actually looked on Spotify before for the song, like the, the high pitch, like we've been tough, hanging tough. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, and she said, I bet Bobby can find it, but apparently you couldn't. So I, could, I mean, I could find the song and I could, I found a Spotify playlist of like, uh, yeah, I found music, that music from say, but yeah, like that itself. I mean, it doesn't exist. Like I can only find where it actually exists. And so like. You know, I know Jane uh, believes in me to a great extent, but um, I, I can't just make things appear that aren't on there. That's not true. But anyway, um, it's been a while since you've been here. So um, furniture is different. Lighting's different. So welcome back. Um, nice and and um, I wanted to talk to you because you care about these things in a weird way, just like I do. Um, so on Wednesday, it was announced that the NFL flexed out of the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Sunday night football game that was scheduled to happen in week 15. And not only did they move the Cowboys and Niners out of Sunday night football, they didn't even put them in the three o'clock hour. They put them all the way at noon. Now, um, you once had a very infamous tweet that was reminiscent of the Cowboys Niners rivalry in the 1990s. I won't go there. I don't know what you're talking about. Just keep going. <laughs> um, but no, well, if, if, if we're going to reference that, I'm going to have to talk about tell a girl she's beautiful. So you anyway, to, uh, anyway, um, so um, wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cowboys and Niners, obviously lots of star power is out and is injured for both teams. Obviously really bad records for both of these teams. And, you know, when I first saw this, it was like week 15. That's like three weeks from now. But that's next Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. My first question is, are you, are you at all stunned? Or are you completely stunned? Because it's one or the other, I think. Um, I, 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 I'm surprised in the sense that you know, it, it makes sense, I think, that you would flex out of a game like that if, like, you just removed who the teams were and everything like that. You just looked at, like, the, uh, you know, just the facts of, like, what the records were and where they stood. And, and if you were to say... Right, like, if know, they, were, they were just variable teams and games. Yeah, right? yeah, then I think it makes absolute sense to flex out of it for a game like the Giants and the Browns. Um, but I think with the particular context of it's the Dallas Cowboys, and not only is it the Dallas Cowboys, it's a historical rival in the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and it's, you know, it is what it is. They, you know, then I think that that's where I would say, yeah, that's, that's surprising from that aspect. I think there was enough buzz about it recently that, you know, especially from Todd Archer and some other people speculating about it, that it made me feel like, okay, this is a real possibility. So I guess I'm not surprised from that sense, but had you told me when Dak even went down and got hurt that, Hey, in a few weeks, they're not even going to have the Cowboys 49ers game on Sunday night football. I would have thought that was unlikely. Yeah, Todd Archer from ESPN was the first person I saw weeks ago to sort of theorize that this was possible. I believe Todd threw out the possibility of the New Orleans Saints-Kansas City Chiefs game getting put in that slot. However, I believe that game is on CBS, and I would assume that they protected it and are going to put Nance and Romo and Tracy. Well, and I saw, I saw 506 Sports saying something about um, it's basically unopposed in the afternoon anyway. So it's kind of like being a Sunday night football game. It's the only game that's going to be on. Right. And oftentimes that's an even bigger draw for for broadcasts um, being the, you know, America's Game of the Week on Fox or CBS's afternoon window. And I think that's why the league maybe put the Cowboys at noon. Right. Because maybe they do think the Cowboys will draw some attention, but they don't want to draw too much attention away from Chiefs um, Saints, especially if, if that's Drew Brees' return, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I also could have kind of understood this a little bit more. 
if this game was going to originally take place in San Francisco and obviously they're playing their home games in Arizona right now, like maybe that would have been a factor that kind of, you know, like I could have, I could have put the math together there. Um, do you know, Bobby? So NBC took over the Sunday night football package in 2006. I do believe that that year is slept on as a year of importance for the league as a whole. Roger Goodell's first year as commissioner, Tony Romo's ascension as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Duh. Tony Romo's first start on Sunday night football that year against the Panthers. Right. Um, do you know since then how many times the Cowboys have been on Sunday night football? Um, let's see here. I would guess it's probably in the real range of like, 40 to 45. I will tell you that the Cowboys and Browns, because they're replacing the Cowboys here, have combined for 50 appearances on Sunday Night Football um, since 2006. The and I'm going to say 46 for Dallas. You're close. You didn't go over, so you still get to go to the showcase. I bet you saw the tweet earlier. So I did not. Of, yeah, I did whatever. Not. I, I, uh, I did not. I was, I was guessing about 15 years now and three Sunday Night Football games a year, roughly. 47. 47 Dang. games for the Cowboys. Three for the Browns in the long running history of Sunday night football being on NBC, the many voices that have been a part of it. Um, and, and the many different personalities, the Dallas Cowboys have never been flexed out of Sunday night football. I tweeted this a few times and you know how Twitter can be, Oh, you're being dramatic, blah, blah. I really believe that this is a new and unprecedented low for the Dallas Cowboys. Do you agree? Um, yes, I'd agree with that. In fact, I'm just trying to, you probably see me here looking at my phone. I'm trying to see real good. Yeah. Uh, Scrubs is on Netflix. I know. No, 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 no. I'm trying to see if there were enough games that would have made sense. So same sort of scenario, uh, week 15 of 2017 and like Ezekiel Elliott's out and the Cowboys and Raiders are kind of trash and that game didn't get flexed out. And that was a game where they had what they have at their disposal. They had the nine and four Panthers against the seven and six Packers were playing that week. Um, this is December 16th ish, right? 2017, December 17th. Yeah. Uh, they had the Seahawks and the Rams who were both winning teams. Seahawks were eight and five Rams were nine and four. Now, so, obviously they could have checked that, but I want, I want to interrupt you here. Because you bring up a, an interesting season. In that season, the week after that, uh, no, the week before that, when the Cowboys were in New York, still in their run without Ezekiel Elliott when he was suspended, they did flex that Giants game, that, that Cowboys game on the road against New York. That was actually the debut of the Dez uniforms, the white pants, the color rush mm -hmm. pants with the navy tops. Um, that was originally supposed to be an afternoon game. And they bumped that up to the noon hour in favor of the Seahawks-Jaguars game. Remember, there was a, an altercation with the Jacksonville crowd in, in that game. And so yep. this isn't, like, extremely unprecedented in that regard. No, but no, but it, it is for being the, the game, the only right. one on in a slot. And like I said, when I'm looking at back then, they had been flexed out the week before, and Oakland and Dallas was not a particularly – significant game i mean it oh, wound up yeah game. yeah, Shout yeah. Out james it, territory it was it wasn't a particularly big be a green bay and carolina uh, Rams, seahawks uh you had patriots steelers both of them were like 10 11 wins um and so i mean there were there were games you could have flexed in there and you didn't and so i do think it's interesting that you know, it's not like, uh, well, when they had that happen, there there wasn't anybody else that would have wanted to watch anything else. So, yeah, I think it's a – I think it's a a substantial hit. I, I tweeted out earlier is that it's a 
it's purgatory. It's like, it's not, you're not loved or you're not hated right now by America. Like they just nothing you, you are nobody to anybody. And so I, I think that that's, that's the worst place to be. The worst place in the world to be is with apathy. And, right. and there's a lot of apathy around the Cowboys right now. And I don't think Jerry's used to that. So I'll be honest with you. I stole that line um, on, uh, on, the oh. episode of, on the episode of The Look Ahead that I oh, did. Uh, it, this is our Thursday episode of the Ocho. Uh, today, you can also listen to myself and Rob Stats Guerrero on the SB Nation NFL show. We talked I about will. this a little bit. I will. Um, Stats is a Niners fan, so it was, it was appropriate. Um, but so I think that's a really interesting point that they didn't flex out. And you're right, that became a really great game. And shout out Jeff Heath. Uh, and it was the Cowboys' last trip to Oakland. But one of the great moments of that game that wasn't Jeff Heath or Gene Steratore related was the Dak Prescott rushing touchdown and then like the beer and the black hole yeah. and everything. And so and, and one of the most one of the most um, I, I don't know which word I'm looking for here, I guess, energetic or, or one of the most um, just defiant spikes we've ever seen from right. Dak in all the touchdowns. He ever, that, that had the most aggression behind it of any touchdown celebration I've ever seen from him. I agree. So my point there is with no disrespect for Jimmy Garoppolo or George Kittle, um, if Dak Prescott is a part of this game, and it's possible that Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are actually healthy enough to play when San Francisco does visit the Cowboys next week. But if Dak Prescott is part of this game, if everything else is equal, do you think that the NFL moves out of this? No, no. I think that Dak Prescott, um, you know, I think that it's not just he's the the face of the Cowboys. Um, he's he's kind of one of the faces of the league. But it, it's interesting that, you know, I heard Joe Buck talking about this on the Cowboys pregame show yesterday, that uh, he had said something about Jerry as one of the faces of the league. And and Jerry, I mean, there's nobody who gets more cutaways from the field during an NFL season than Jerry Jones. People go up to his box and they want to see, okay, how's Jerry looking in this game? Is he you know, pumped up, celebrating. Does he have his head in his hands? There's like intrigue there. And so Joe Bucket said, whether they're good or bad, like it's always good to have the Cowboys because they're, you know, a consistent ratings juggernaut. And Jerry's always going to be there, regardless of how the team is playing. Jerry's there and Jerry is a massive draw. He's a, he's a ton of intrigue. And so he said that, you know, he in particular with that game against the Ravens leading up to it. He said he's always happy when he gets the Cowboys game because he always knows it's going to be intriguing. And so it's interesting that the very next day we're hearing about how they're, you know, they're out on Sunday night football and that they're, they're not enough of a draw this year without Dak Prescott um, and without a lot of the other things going on. I, I do think it's interesting that, do you think they're flexed out of this game if they're five and seven, like the others in the NFC star? So they're in contention for the NFC East and, San Francisco's kind of on the periphery of the playoffs, too. Do you think they get flexed out if they've won two more games? No. And I, I also find it interesting um, that they were flexed out of this game despite the fact that two games ago for them was literally the most watched game of the NFL season mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving against Washington. Now, I mean, that was Washington really pulled people in there. <laughs> right. But and that's just the stage, right? Like the the, the Cowboys of it is is a factor, but um I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I think the NFL immediately reacted to Thursday night. I, I'm actually very curious. I haven't seen anything myself in, or not Thursday night. What was Thursday night uh, ended up being the Tuesday night game. I'm curious how that game drew. 
Um, but but that game had the wonky Dez factor at the beginning. Like I I do think that there 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 did feel to me like this general sense of like ugh, just get through it. You know what I mean? Like like just like if you treat the Cowboys as like a television show, it just fe- it felt like the last season of How I Met Your Mother. Like I'm just finishing this because I'm pot committed at this point. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I think that's a pretty good analogy. Um, I will I will say just just quickly dropping back over this because I do want to make this point and this point could have been made a thousand times I just know that you and I have not personally discussed this yet but think about how interesting it is not only that they're flexing out the Cowboys and they're flexing out of a historic rival with the Cowboys and 49ers like NBC is looking at this and saying we know there's a possibility that we're flexing into a game where the Giants have no Saquon Barkley and don't even have their starting quarterback and we'd rather have Colt McCoy on prime time than whatever the Dallas Cowboys are right now. Yeah, and I, I also – well, and to that point, if if Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy, I can also kind of see it, right? Like, okay, you've got the revenge, you know what I mean? There, there was a bitter end there, uh, but that's not even a factor. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really unfathomable in a lot of ways and and really does there, – there, this take is out there, right? And uh, you've seen it, like, oh – the front office doesn't care as long as they sell tickets, as long as they sell jerseys, as long as people watch, that doesn't matter. As long as they're the top of the Forbes list every year, that's all the Cowboys really care about. It does feel like for the first time maybe ever and ever, you know, in within the context of, you know, modern Cowboysness, that is in jeopardy. Like they, I, the, the tweet I had was the, the lights are out, the music stopped, the party's over. You know what I mean? And, and it, it does feel like, like the Cowboys are sitting there at 2 a.m., you know, ordering up and the bartender's always been like, I got you. Don't worry. And now the bartender's like, sorry, I got to close up shop. You got to go home. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think I've quoted it here. I know I've quoted it several places, but Rick Goslin has told me the story one time that the quote from Jerry Jones has always been, uh, you know, I don't care what you write about me or write about the team. As long as, uh, you know, you spell Dallas Cowboys right in the headline and they're not in the headline. They're the fine print. They're a footnote. They're, you know, also airing this weekend on Fox or CBS or, or whatever else. Right, they are, the, the graphic with the, like, bunch of teams, yeah. They are an afterthought. Even when they were, you know, 4-12 and 12 in 2015, it was, you know, oh, is Romo going to come back? And, you know, there was still some intrigue, even with as bad as they are. There is zero intrigue about this football team right now. They are boring. They, they don't – they aren't of any interest to anybody. And I got to think that – for Jerry, that's got to be frustrating is that, you know, even the times where it's been tough to get through a season, there's always been intrigue. There's always still been eyeballs on them. And right now there's a lot of people going, I'd, uh, you know, I'd rather watch something on Netflix or, you know, I'd, I'd rather uh, go out for a run or I'd rather just do something <laughs> else. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I, somebody I know tweeted that they were going to watch Succession. Is it Succession or Secession? Succession. Okay. Well, I know you're, that's your thing. Now. I did. I, mean, I did, by the way. Uh, well, good for you. I caught up on the game afterwards, but I, I did watch Succession and then. I know, I know you were, you were down for the, the Desri's and that's not, and I, I know that, but. Um, I, I, I mean, again, that's the thing. The Cowboys themselves don't carry the game anymore. As that's a great as, point. As soon as somebody with the Ravens went out, I went, okay, I don't care about this. That's a great point. Um, so I, I want to get your thoughts on something else. My last question as it relates to ratings and just television and things like that. Three of the Cowboys last four games of the season will take place in the purgatory of time slots for the NFL, the noon hour. Do you know the last time that three of their final four games took place in the noon hour? And if you don't know, what would you guess? Mm, I mean, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm trying to scan through my head. Think um, wouldn't have been 17, not 18, 19, 16. Wouldn't have been 15 because I know they had the Jets. Uh, not 14. I'm going to guess it would have been 2010. It was 2018. I thought it was going to be like forever ago. Too. 18, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of stuck. Hold, hold on. By this. Hold on. Who, who'd they finish the season against? They finished the season against the uh, the Giants. That obviously was a noon. Right. Because, uh, and, and that was only a noon because they, they had nothing to play for. They'd already clinched the NFC East and, and seeding, but they they wound up playing and had the great finish from so Dak. Tampa Bay was 17. So who was, was week 16 Indianapolis or was that 15? It, Tampa Bay was week 16. That was when they clinched oh, okay, the okay. division. And then Indianapolis was the week before when they lost. And the week before that, their last game that wasn't at noon of the season uh, was the week 14 overtime win over the Eagles, the Amari Cooper game. Um, so, again, I thought it was going to be a long, long, long time ago. I would, yeah, I wouldn't have thought it would have been 18. But a lot of that was partly that they clinched the division and, and therefore were, were moot specifically for that reason in week 17. But so it is what it is. Um, okay, the other thing I wanted to get your take on, Bobby, um, I put a heavier emphasis. I don't think I've ever told you this, so I'll compliment you Only here. Only everything stop. Um, I, um, I put a heavier emphasis on point differential because you – sort of, you know, pioneered that for me, at least. Bobby Belt is great on Twitter at BobbyBeltTX. And you've said before, point differential is one of the one of the more fair ways to evaluate overall team success. Just one of I the think, more stable predictors right. into the future. So the Dallas Cowboys, we're now through all the buys. So everybody's played the same amount of games in the NFL. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have one of the worst point differentials in the league. No shock there. Uh, their point differential through 12 games now Minus 125. The worst point differentials in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. In 1960, it was minus 192. 1989, Jimmy Johnson's first year, minus 189. 1961, minus 144. Currently, the minus 125 is, is right there at fourth place. 1988, minus 116. And then in both 2002 and 2004, they were minus 112. I think it's possible that they, they add, what, like maybe 20 or so points to this in a negative fashion overall. Um, yeah, I mean, they could, they could beat Cincinnati. Um, but after that, I mean, I could see them losing by double digits, the other three games to finish the season. So that's what I'm saying. 20 to 25 points is, is realistic to, to keep adding here. It's possible they finish with the second worst point differential that any Dallas Cowboys team has played in a 16 game season. Um, that would be 
pretty bad. And it, they've already surpassed the, the point differential in 2015 when Tony Romo got hurt, when they went one and 11 without him was what minus 99, I believe. Um, so. And so your thoughts on that? I mean, it's uh, I, I looked it up and I can't remember. I think it was, it's been two games this season and one of them they, they lost and it was the Seattle game. I don't want to say the Pittsburgh game or something, but it's, it's kind of nuts that if you look at, they were, they've been really close had like Russell Wilson scored on the other side of the two minute warning or something like that. I think it's like every game this season, they've trailed at the two minute warning of the fourth quarter. So like, even though they've won three games, like I think they trailed at the two minute warning of all of them. Uh, Pittsburgh was just barely, I think. Um, but that's, they, that's how they couldn't have trade against, trailed against New York. Cause they, they won, they were tied and kicked the game winning field goal. So maybe that's the like lone exception. Or, or, or yeah, there was that. And then, like I said, I know that out of the two minute warning, Russell Wilson hit DK Metcalf, but mm-hmm. you, you can say that um, they did. They haven't led at the two minute warning of any game this season, other than that one. And they ended out losing. Um, so, it, I mean, it's real. They, they are, they, there's a, a realistic path of this team being zero and 12. You don't recover an onside kick against the Falcons. Um, you know, you don't have the, uh, the – I mean, the Giants led in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, if they, you know, don't lose hold of that. Um, or they play and, the and, whole thing without Dak. Yeah, or, 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 you know, Eric Kendricks holds on to that interception in the end zone or, or is able to make that interception in the end zone against the Vikings. I mean, they realistically could have 12 losses. And, and be looking at, you know, a, a real shot, not necessarily a likelihood, but a real shot to go 0-16. Um, I mean, I think they're closer to 0-12 than they are to even 5-7, and 7, I'd mm. say. Um, and I think that that's distressing. And I, I think that it's interesting to look at. I know you've had injuries and things like that. This is a team that had one of the highest point differentials in the NFL last year. In fact, I think they're... Oh, what was that crazy stat you had? Yeah, it's, it's like they're the only team ever to finish the season with a, uh, a point like a plus hundred or more yeah. and finish below five, or finish at 500 um, or below. And so they're the only ones without a winning record with a point differential over 100 at the end of the season. So they were an outlier in that sense. They should have been better than they were. And then for them to come back this season with a lot of the same pieces in place. And I know things fell apart and some guys got hurt, but for them to now be really close to 0 and 12. And, and honestly, we're really close to being 0 and 5, even with Dak Prescott in there, then there's something seriously broken. You're either going to have to, you know, revamp and, and purge a lot of personnel and change out a lot of personnel, or there's something really broken with this coaching staff. And you have to go, this is, you know, this, this is one year I know, but uh, better to just get out of the mistake than, you know, what's that saying? I, I'm going to flub it, but that saying about don't continue making a mistake or, or don't, you know, continue making a mistake. <laughs> what's the phrase about time. not making a mistake? You, you, know, you know, it's like, it's like, it, it, it's like uh, don't continue to make a mistake just because you spent a long time building it or something along those lines that, you know, it, it's better to just go ahead and cut your losses early, I think, and, and just, you know, recognize this isn't working. Because Jane and I talked about this on our podcast that it seems like there's so much about this year that, in my opinion, Mike McCarthy, I don't think understood what it meant to be the coach of the Cowboys. I don't think he understood the gravity of being coach of the Cowboys. I don't think he knew how much people would be interested in, you know, what his players were doing during the practice week and and getting pressed by certain things. And I don't think he's used to... uh, an entire beat digging the way this one does. And, and even, trying to, even in, in spite of coming from a place like the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. 
Right. And I think that he wasn't necessarily prepared for that. And I think that you go, well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough year too. It's COVID and, and there's all those challenges and next year will be a little bit better. Will it? When we have potentially more access to players and players saying more things that need explaining from Mike McCarthy uh, in his press conference the following day. I mean, I mean, could you imagine? Just imagine nothing else has changed here. Nothing else about the season has changed and nothing about the logistics of it other than Jerry is talking to reporters post game after every game. If you just add that wrinkle and Mike McCarthy is then answering questions mm. in his press conferences relating to Jerry said this, Jerry said that, how much more tumultuous does this whole thing seem? I mean, this is this has seemed completely unbalanced and 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 on a shaky foundation all year and this isn't even with the quirks of like I say having Jerry talk to the right. media after the post game. And and that that caused a lot of questions for Jason Garrett last year. I think that we always joke that you're um, what's his name? Um, the guy in the show, you what's the actor's name? Um, uh, Penn Badgley. Penn. I was going to say something Pennington. I was actually going to say Chad Pennington. Uh, but but all right. yeah. we, we always joke that you're that guy in you mm-hmm. in a, in a like purposeful way. Um, not in a terrible way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I was the Penn Badgley. You could have been this person. You, you could have <laughs> used your powers for good and not evil. Right. But it, so in that show, that character is like so deep in all these lies. Right. And you just, you like imagine the like brain space that, that it takes to like keep up with the lie and, and you know what I'm saying? Like not cross over whatever. And I think it takes a similar amount of brain space to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. To your yeah. point, like being Jason Garrett and doing your weekly hits on one of the fan, doing it on ESPN San Antonio, jumping in front of the, the crowd every, or the, the, the media every week. Uh, and then, and then answering to what Jerry Jones said, answering to what Steven Jones said, a- answering to, you know, what your players said. And so that's a lot of like juggling that, that re- and I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's incapable of that, but you're right. It is an inordinately difficult thing. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it is, it will only get more challenging in that regard. I, I agree. My last question for you, Bobby, Obviously, the Cowboys play the Cincinnati Bengals this week. As it currently stands, the Bengals hold the third overall pick in the NFL draft. The Cowboys hold the fourth overall pick. If you still aren't following Bobby on Twitter, Bobby BobbyBeltTX, he is a must-follow for draft season. He will find out anything and everything that you need to know. He will give you all the best information. And Badgley. I'll find out where these prospects, who their girlfriends are, uh, who they broke in high school. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just I go for the dirt. Anyway, Bobby is a king of draft season. Um, so my question is, like it is not hyperbolic to say that this game could be the difference in a particular offensive tackle playing his entire career for Cincinnati or for Dallas. And that, that, that ripple effect, like we've, we've talked, we've gone back and looked at different butterfly effects, right? Like, um, like what if the Cowboys draft, you know, Duke Johnson or whatever in 2015 instead of Chaz Green or whoever the case may be. What if DeMarco stays? We've done a lot of fun ones. This this has the potential to be one. What if the Cowboys lose instead of beating the Bengals and they have that tackle for the future? That this is my point is this is a very, very, very big consequence. If you care specifically about Team Tank, whoever does wind up winning this game. Yeah, because I mean I think the Top two teams right now, Jacksonville and the Jets, everybody assumes they're going to go quarterback. And so Dallas sits at four, Cincinnati sits at three, and, you know, they've they've got their quarterbacks in theory. Uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Dak Prescott, both of whom are coming off, are going to be coming off devastating injuries. But I think both teams feel like these are our guys, these are who we're committed to, um, and so they need to protect them. And so I think both teams would probably be looking at the best player on the board who's not a quarterback and maybe just the best player on the board period would be Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle from uh, Oregon. 
and he is he is so reminiscent of Tyron Smith in that he's you know he's a Pac-12 uh, freak athlete offensive tackle and he is just a baby. Um, he opted out this year. He he didn't play in the 2020 season, uh, but Panesul started last year. Um, the, the season for Oregon played the first four games of the season, maybe five games of the season. I can't recall. Um, he was 18 years old. He turned 19 in October. And so, I mean, he just turned 20. So you're going to be getting a guy who's, you know, still 20 years old uh, by the time the season starts in 2021, if you get him. So a young athletic freak who people just say like, that's a cornerstone tackle. Like, I mean, it's, it's reminiscent of Tyron in that sense. And, and he's got the same sorts of physical traits, to be honest. Um, and I think that if he's there for the Cowboys or the Bengals, that's who they're picking. So if you lose this game to the Bengals and you're, or, or, or if you win this game against the Bengals and you're in front of them, almost guaranteed for the draft, uh, I think they're going to be looking at trading out. They're going to be going, okay, who's behind us here that wants one of these remaining quarterbacks? Cause Trevor Lawrence will go one. Then right. I would assume either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson goes two. And then at, uh, at four, after Panay Sewell's gone to Cincinnati, then Dallas would be going, okay, who wants one of Trey Lance and then either right. Zach Wilson or Justin Who didn't Fields. go to, right. And, uh, and then you'd be trading back and looking to build up capital and pick somebody else because there's, there's not a lot of clarity, I don't think, at the top of the board. And I don't think that's just for draft Twitter that's curious about, you know, well, it's a little muddy up here. We don't know who's really standing out. I think that's going to be the case for NFL teams. And so – I think if you're standing in and you have to pick at four uh, and Panay Sewell's gone, I don't know that you're going to necessarily be thrilled with the value of where you picked somebody there. So um, I do think it'd be great if they could finish third. If they don't finish third, uh, then if they're picking four or five, I think you're looking at them going, okay, let's try and trade out of here and find somebody who wants a quarterback and then maybe pick a J.C. Horn from South Carolina, Joe Horn's son, uh, the cornerback in the middle of the draft, uh, pick – you know, another you, you could have all these former player kids going. Asante Samuel Jr. is in the draft this year. Patrick Sertan the second is in this draft. Like I said, Joe Horn's son is in here. All those cornerbacks, by the way. Uh, or maybe you're looking at Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. Either way, I think Dallas is looking at give me Panay Sewell or give me a trade back. And so if you want Panay Sewell, you need to actually lose to the Bengals this week. So I thought about referencing the 2011 draft just because of the comp of Tyron, but not not the best example given the Cowboys draft position that year and the fact that it was such a loaded first round, especially in retrospect. But if if you look at like a similar context is the most similar one I think I can draw up um if if you reconsider the 2016 draft right like Mm -hmm. again the Cowboys took Zeke but if you if you consider they trade back let's call it five spots to ninth right at the very least so like from ninth through 14th these were your picks Chicago taking Leonard Floyd the Giants taking Eli Apple the Bucks taking Vernon Hargraves the Saints taking Sheldon Rankins Laramie Tunsil going to the Dolphins that was obviously due to extenuating circumstances Carl Joseph to the Raiders and so the the foundation of like what you build is completely different then right like if you take Zeke versus any one of these guys and so like that that butterfly effect that's what I'm saying like it it could be the difference in the future of Mike McCarthy's career right or whoever's career Mm -hmm. Will McClay's career I mean Dak Prescott's career it's it's fascinating in that regard which is why this game will be fun Bobby it's always fun whenever you come by uh, we'll get you back on again soon enough. Uh, appreciate all the work you do on Twitter, Bobby Bell TX. Any last thoughts about uh, anything? I love you. Uh, I love your shirt. Uh, who, who did the <laughs> shirt? Uh, so this shirt, uh, 
we're not posting the video for this, uh, but it's a it's a blue shirt with a goat with a number four on it, and it gets mistaken to be a Dak Prescott shirt a lot. And so it's I an out of the Terry shirt. Yeah, I, I bought this shirt when I went to the cow the aforementioned Cowboys. Oh my Colts gosh, game. I was kidding. I was kidding yeah. when I said that was an out of the Terry <laughs> shirt. It actually is. There's a Colts. I that was a Dak Prescott shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's now a Colts like logo on the sleeve, and it says Vinatieri. I got this. I went to that Colts game as you remember in 2018. So, um, but yeah, so it's the the benefit of people thinking it's a Dak shirt is kind of cool. So. Um, it yeah, I mean, yeah, you just have to like cover up the 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 arm there. But uh, yeah, I genuinely thought it was a, and I was doing a bet when I said it was Adam Vinatieri. I didn't know you'd actually have a shirt like that. <laughs> uh, Bobby, one love, love you. Have you seen the Queen's Gambit? I have not. I keep being told I need to. I'm only on Succession because Slater was like hammering me, like you need to watch the show. So I finally went ahead and did it. Well, check out the Queen's Gambit whenever you get that. I will, and then I'll rewatch Scrubs, and we'll start a podcast where we react to every one of the rewatch of Scrubs episodes. We'll do that. One love, Tayamo. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Bobby Belt for taking the time to join us on Twitter at Bobby Belt TX. I mean it. He really is. He's a great follow all the time, but draft season Bobby is unrivaled fewer people find out the number of things and the type of things that Bobby does and so he's uh, he's a great follow and a great source of information uh, the boys and a girl podcast that he and Jane Slater do is fantastic both friends of the show uh, they do such a great job and it's it's among my most listened to shows that I listen to outside of all of our blog and the boys productions but uh, but yeah speaking of you will have a new episode of broadcasting the boys later on today with Ari Temkin and Roy White tomorrow a new episode of girls talking boys and speaking of tomorrow we will have a very special guest on the ocho that's right darren woodson the one and only woody is going to join us and that interview will also be able to be seen on our youtube channel so make sure you go subscribe there uh to check it out it's going to be fun going to be good times we're really looking forward to it and really looking forward to you getting a chance to hear from darren woodson himself can't wait to ask him what tony casillas wanted me to if you listened to this week's edition of the 750 you heard tony's question for darren woodson so um yeah um very interesting stuff with regards to the cowboys like i said wednesday was an interesting day just because they were kind of in this in between with the week ending and the week beginning so um, we're on to Cincinnati, as it was once very, very, very famously said, uh, starting tomorrow. So uh, we're actually starting today because today's Thursday. So that's just that's the way time works. That's the way the days of the week work. And um, that's a good note to end on. Uh, do me a favor. Have the absolute best Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you in the my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. Mm-hmm.